0: Set your sail for the orange and blue sea. Yeah.
1: Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Son. love affair. Come on. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Son. now. Only thing that's on my mind. Welcome to the Java Men Fighting Illini podcast, presented by Big Banter. We're recording this on Thursday, December 7th. This is the Java Spy, aka Chaps, aka Dog. got a lot of names. Joining me from the loo, Java Joe. Joe, how you feeling today? Because I think you were listed as questionable coming into the pod tonight.
0: Listen is, listed as questionable, Shaps. It's good to be here. Um, you know, me recording this tonight. Michael Jordan flu game. Not a whole lot of difference. I'm fighting through, but I'm going to show up with my A game, just like Terrence Shannon and Marcus Domask just did. That's dedication. Yep, I know you're you're fighting the cold,
1: uh, just like everybody seems to be right now. My whole house is sick for like weeks now. It seems it just never ends everyone you talk to is is sick right now i don't know what the hell's going on uh but we got a great show planned we were we were pretty down i think after after the football season ended that loss to the kitty cats was brutal was pretty devastating um yeah that was just embarrassing it was a real downer of a of a season for it to end that way is is actually quite fitting but thankfully we've got uh we've got Brad's boys to lift our spirits here a little bit coming off a couple of huge wins so we're going to get into that any uh postmortem on the football though Joe before we get to basketball
0: no there'll be plenty plenty uh, a time to get to that i just just NIL anyone who who's part of it <laughs> big big fat cat oil cat Matt McGinnis Spinny <laughs> all the guys got it got it Pull out the checkbook for Isaiah Williams. We got to get him back. Got to get him back. That's that's like my only thought is we have to get him back. Um, other than that, um, I'm just happy Brad Brad stepped up. This is what heroes do when their when their team, their fans are down. Brad knew he had to come in and step up with the team, and that's what Brad does, and that's why he's a top ten paid coach. That's right. So we'll talk about the Rutgers game first
1: love to hear your thoughts on this game Joe from from last Saturday it was a pretty weird game I thought I was not optimistic going into this considering our recent history at the rack um, but what were your thoughts uh, on Rutgers?
0: Yeah, I felt I felt good going into the game. I I didn't think we would ever I thought we would you win. You always you feel good
1: going into every
0: game. Yeah, but I I thought we were I thought we would win. I don't always feel good going into to, to every game. Like I honestly I would never admit this before it, but I felt weird going into the the Northwestern Illinois football game. It just didn't something felt off about the whole thing. But the yeah. ruck the Illinois, I just I just had a sense that they this team feels like they, they're old enough and they they rise to the occasion. And I honestly think they're just trying stuff out like the other games, you know, and they, and they're, it's, it's starting like these are older guys. So you think it'll click faster, right? Versus freshmen. And so I just, I just heard that they, I just think that they could pull it all together. Um, and And I think having just like one big 10 game to focus on and then taking a break, Maybe they were maybe that like helped them just laser focus in on this game so yeah it is kind of weird
1: the schedule um I never understand why they do this big 10 in December game like almost just, usually there's a couple games right but but we only have the one this year but yeah I just thought it was a weird game because like right when I turned it on I realized I don't know any of these Rutgers players besides Cliff. And that's that seemed really weird to me because we've known those Rutgers players, you know, for a long time. I Forever, like. yeah. Yeah, like the Mulcahys and McConnells and those guys were around for so long, and now I, I couldn't name one player on Rutgers outside of Cliff. So that was weird. And then the game just got off to the weirdest start. Rutgers didn't have a basket for about six or seven minutes into the game, uh, which was pretty bizarre, so we got out to a good lead, and I think that that slow start just killed Rutgers. They could really never recover from that. You know, they went on that run at the end of the first half, um, and we, where we, we had a terrible end of the first half, we had like two field goals in the final five or six minutes, both were from Shannon, I think. But uh, so they cut it down at by halftime, but it was still like that that big hole that they had to dig out of took out so much of their energy. I felt like, and then we just came out in the second half and completely shut them down on the defensive end. Yeah, the def- they had twenty two points. They had twenty two points in the second half. That's incredible. That makes yeah, I was it- I was at- go ahead. I was looking back at the box score. Cliff was was three of ten from the field nobody in double figures for rutgers which is just crazy so brad was right the uh the defense did travel in that one and and it was shannon obviously carrying us like the all-american that he is but it was awesome i thought this was damask's coming out party we little do we know that the fau game was was coming but i thought this was the first time we saw damask at really aggressive uh and like kind of force the issue you know
0: for Um, for sure yeah yeah no i I agree with everything you're saying like it's interesting because right there their only time they were good rutgers offensively was like the last 10 minutes of the first half that was really the only time they were good and i'm trying to look back to see when hawkins went out with his second foul but that, Mm -hmm. that i think that was a direct correlation because Dane's just he just struggles defensively, um, which is too bad because I think he can be a weapon for us offensively in certain games and be a a, a tough matchup for the imposing team and it's a, he gives us a different look. But that seems to be like when he when he comes out that seems to be when our defense tanks. That's why I think against the bottom half of the Big Ten, like maybe even maybe even the bottom, I don't know, set 70 percent of the Big Ten. We're gonna have a really, really good defense because I think Dane will be fine against those teams that are are pretty average to below average offensively, and I think we're just gonna stifle them. Where we're gonna run into trouble is against the the really high powered offensive teams. Like I'm sure my assumption is Michigan State and Purdue. um, I don't even know is Nebraska a big time offensive team? There's just some teams we might struggle with, but Rutgers like. I guess that's why I never was worried because they're offensively, they're just not good at all. And I had a lot of faith in our defense that, that it it does travel. And I do think the team's tough. And I know some of the Java men say that tongue in cheek, but I, I really do believe in order to go into a place like the Rack, like it's the worst loss has had since his second year at home. Wow. Like that's incredible. And and like to your point, like that was a huge game guys really felt like they were starting to get understand their roles in that game like the freshmen still come in and are, and are dipshits and, and shoot when they're not supposed to because that's just <laughs> that's just what freshmen do and like i don't you know yeah. they have to like, work shout through out that. yeah shout out Hansberry for for getting three fouls in six minutes yeah and he shot a three i think it's like what what are you doing but everyone else seems <laughs> like they're they're growing into their roles um and understanding their roles which is like really important and Damask, the fact that he his role is you need to be the aggressive scorer. He started doing that against Rutgers. Obviously, he did that a little bit against Marquette. But I love hearing, uh, I love I love hearing Terrence Shannon all over him. Like you got to be aggressive. You got to score. Like apparently he does that in practice. And then I love that Damask. I think it was against Rutgers where he he was getting in guys' faces. Like you know, like essentially, like a ton of lead- there just seems to be a ton of leadership out there. Um, and guys taking charge like Goody's big on that Shannon's showing more signs of that ha- you know Hawkins is is who, is who he is at this point I think as long as the team can control like his when he when he becomes a little bit of a head case I think he'll be fine so I yeah I'm, I would the, the Rutgers game obviously was great but it had had no I like had no I was way more surprised by the, the game we're going to talk about next but overall like just a solid like feel-good game like Pump, pump your chest out a little bit, big road win, 1-0 in the Big Ten for, what, two or three weeks now, sitting in first place, tied for first. That's that's good for the soul. Yeah,
1: I saw it was our first Big Ten road opener uh, win, road opening win, since 2010. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a crazy stat. Uh, yeah, Rutgers might stink. Um, They just have so many new pieces. Uh, and maybe that's why they're getting off to those bad starts and like why we were able to just completely clamp down on them. Um, yeah, you're right though. I mean, Hawkins getting into foul trouble in the first half, which unfortunately he does too often and it really, really kills our defense when, when Dane is forced to play more minutes than he should, um, yeah. I think Hawk played the entire second half, though. Like I was, like after the game ended, I'm like I don't remember seeing Dane or Hansberry at all in the second half of that game. No, he
0: played all 20 minutes. Okay,
1: yeah, I thought that's what I thought. Um, So I think of both games, he played all 20 minutes. He could be right on that, but yeah, it's it's not a surprise because and there seems to be this section of the fan base that's always (laughs) clamoring for more Dane. I, there, it's, there's just no reason. To, there's a reason that Brad doesn't play him. There, like more than he—he's finally figured it out this year. You can't play him more than like eight minutes because yeah, he just yeah. gets exposed on defense. Like if he's not scoring and scoring and scoring on the inside, then he's just gonna kill you. He's so bad on defense.
0: Yeah, for for sure. And I think, yeah, for sure. He he's. He's exposed. I think our our I was texting we were texting with with the text chain about the drop cuff. Some people on the on the Java men don't like the drop coverage. I think it as long as you are listening to the coach and playing drop coverage the way it's supposed to be played, it's a very effective defense. Now, if you have a guy who really can't play it well, that's tough. Like Dane, like he's just terrible at it. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I I feel like it's hard to like switch defenses completely when your backup center who you can afford to play eight minutes, you know, is only getting eight minutes. I don't think you switch your whole defensive scheme because of that. You just try to hide him a little bit whenever you can when he's in the game. But I, I get it. The fans who watch him, they see him dominating against lower level competition. For the most part, he he dominates on offense when he doesn't dribble against like lower tier Big Ten. Um, big Ten centers but you know when he just he's just he's still young he's just got he he's probably not going to be a, a high level big man until his his second to last year or his final year and so he is what it is right now i think you know with his with his free throws he can't he, it's great he plays it he plays about eight minutes you know and I think what I i texted out and we're getting a little bit ahead um we can maybe start mixing and matching the FAU game here but I made a I gonna toot t- my own horn or toot my own horn here. Excuse me, Quincy Guerriere should have been playing the small ball five against FAU. Like right when that th- that lefty the guy who's never heard of who averages like three point five points a game and scored like thirteen I think in the first half. He as soon as he did that, we should have put because Guerriere's huge. He's a big, strong dude. He's six eight. He's lengthy. He rebounds the shit out of the ball our um, best rebounder. Yeah, and like he, and sometimes you can't. And when Goody's going well and Damask is going well, like Garrier's probably not going to play that much in certain points of the game. So why not try a small ball five, run a little um, Golden State Warriors action with with all guys who can dribble, handle, shoot, and see what happens. Um, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that happen.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind that as well. Quincy's really been struggling with his shooting lately, but uh, but he's, he's the best rebounder on the team. He moves really well without the ball too. Um, yeah, he he seems to understand the game pretty well. So uh, okay, we can move on from Rutgers. Oh, my one last note from Rutgers is is Dre Gibbs Lawhorn getting a DNP? I expected it. Uh, you know the portal tweets to come out like the next day. Of course they uh, did. But he's he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there, I think, hopefully. Uh it's gonna be tough for him if Harmon keeps playing well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard for both the freshmen to, to crack the lineup. Yeah. Just the way the team is right now. And
0: um but I had the thought. The thought crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, and that the thing is that's gonna be out there until the end of the year.
1: Oh, of course!
0: Yeah. So of gonna transfer? Did you see that? Uh, Harris is starting to dress for games. Like the last two games, he's dressing, but he, there's no intention yeah, so of playing heard, him. That's which is that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I knew that he was. He was like doing the warm ups, you know. In, I remember early on like seeing those reports. Like after he saw it, after he said he was getting a red shirt. You know, he was still with the team, obviously, and uh, and practicing, of course, but he was also doing the layup lines before the games and stuff. And every time they show him on the bench, he's like smiling and laughing.
0: So hopefully,
1: I think, uh, hopefully it's all positive from him.
0: Yeah, I think that it, he, the reason why, my theory there is, if, he, if, someone gets, if a guard gets hurt in the middle of the game, he's probably going to end up playing and like getting some playing time. And so you might as well have him that if someone gets hurt long term, that he can someone in addition to Moretti, right? Because if they if they lose someone else, they're going to have to have some more guard depth. So. Anyways, let's move on to FAU. That game was fucking awesome. <laughs> that game was awesome.
1: And speaking of guard play, it's. It's like the same story every single game, where even if we're playing really well, our turnovers just keep the other teams in the games. And that was the story in the Rutgers game, too. I think we had, like, ten turnovers in the first half. And in FAU, we had nine turnovers in the first half, because Ty is not a point guard. So basically every game is going to start the exact same way, because he's the starting point guard... Other teams are almost always going to pressure us to start the game, too. Uh, and then it kind of gets more into, like, the flow of the game. Usually they'll back off a little bit, because they can't just spend that kind of energy for an entire game. But it is so frustrating to, to watch that, because it's, like, the only thing holding us back from from being a great team. Um so that that was like my first note, like when I was watching the game, and then uh, foul trouble for Hawk again, but more importantly, foul trouble for the FAU big guy Vlad Golden, the giant Russian kid who has been dominating games for them. That totally changed the game when he got into foul trouble. Um, I was hoping that we would capitalize on it a little bit more when he was out, but again, we. Kept turning the ball over and and allowed them to, to stay in the game, really, when Golden was on the bench for most of the first half. What did you think uh, of the early going, Joe?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That was clearly like at the time I was like, oh, that's huge. Like, obviously, Billis was talking about it as well. And, you know, Billis is typically on point. I think, though, it changed the defensive, ended up changing just the defensive outlook of the game. Because here's what I think happened. I think he got into foul trouble. That other guy came in, the lefty, and was burying threes and making shots. So like he essentially made up the scoring punch difference. Um, Right, yeah. It was a real problem. And then— That guy came out of nowhere. He had made like—I
1: don't think he had made a three the entire year, and he comes out and hits a couple of them.
0: Um, What the hell was that guy's name? Carroll? Carroll. Yeah, I don't know his first name, but his last name is Trey Carroll. And he, yeah, I mean, he's clearly not good at defense. Um, And then I think what happened is Golden came back in and he wasn't playing as aggressive as he normally would. Mm -hmm. And so that, I think that just overall helped us. That helped Damask getting into, I've heard like different people pronounce his name differently, but uh, in different, two different ways, Damask. But I'll just call him Marcus. Marcus started (laughs) getting aggressive and like, he just got to the hole and like, and then once he like got into that zone, because he was going into the hole so much, he just got in the zone and then he just wasn't missing. And like now I think he's figuring out like in the team's figuring out like, Oh, like here he can score. He has like four or five places on the court that he can go to and he knows he can score. And you know that he works on like those four or five spots and like when he's practicing, because now guys, now the guys are getting used to playing with him. They see that he's coming around, and he's gonna start backing his guy in and to clear out. You see the center clear out on the other side or go to the top of the key. And like that's so big, like that's the stuff where it's like, holy cow, these guys are starting to understand how to play together and know their strengths, stick to you know what what they're good at. If you're a role player, be a role player. Don't shoot a three if you can't shoot threes, right? There should only be three or four guys on the team that are shooting more than one three a game. And so like all of this is happening. Um, and it, it felt like it started happening like during this FAU game. Now FAU very well, very, very might might as well suck at defense. Like they might be really bad at defense. Their offense is just so damn good. I there, there's no way we're gonna play an offense as good as FAU. It was beautiful, and their guys were like all athletic, could freaking shoot. Um, it was so impressive. Like clearly Illinois didn't play the best defensively, but I'm not quite sure. How much you know what they could have done better outside of Dane not you know not playing at all um, defensively, but it was just an just up and down entertaining game. It's way better to have a game like that in the Garden than like a, a slug Big Ten fest that everyone's like, God, no wonder why the Big Ten loses every year. This is such <laughs> horrible basketball to watch people want to watch baskets and up and down play. And uh, I'm surprised FAU. I know I'm hitting hitting a couple different points here. I'm surprised FEU didn't press like Rutgers did to start the game. Like they they picked them up like at half court, I think, but they just let they just let Damask and Shannon do whatever the hell they wanted, like whatever they. And I don't know if it was a size thing. They just couldn't. That that had to have been what it was.
1: Yeah, we had we had a huge advantage there for sure. They had. Have- Some really small guards. They're not a good defensive team, too, even if you look at the metrics. They're really, really good offensively and and not so good defensively. And especially with Golden out, they're just missing really any kind of rim protection at all. Um, But yes, this was the Damask game. It was so much fun to watch him just completely take over, scoring from every level. What you were talking about, the him backing down—that was like my favorite play. It was they would they would get that switch onto that little guard, and then everyone would just clear out, and he would go. You know, Brad stole it from Penn State, the booty ball. Uh, it looked like from last year, and he would just he on one play he backed the guy down from behind the three point line, to the to the low block for a layup, just straight. Backwards all the way down. It was <laughs> it was very fun to watch, and he just scored in such a variety of ways, from sh- uh, shooting deep. He had I don't know how you score thirty three points and and only one point from the free throw line. That was <laughs> that's an incredible feat when I when I looked back is and incredible. saw that. Um, he shot like twenty one shots. I think thirty three points on twenty one shots. Shannon does. Shannon incredibly matched the 33 points because he kind of took over late and also because of all those free throws he shot. and that's where Shannon does most of his damage. But watching Damask play was like this always happens to us where we ha- where we face a guard you know on the opposing team who just gets into like pick and rolls and just you know shoots those little floaters or gets behind the defense. And they just annihilate us. We've seen it so many times. So being able to see somebody on our end actually do it was a lot of fun to watch. He's obviously our point guard. Right. That That's very clear. Uh, you know, if, if Ty wants to bring the ball up, I hate it. But they're going to keep doing it most likely because that's what they said they would do. But having Damask just take some of that load off for Shannon is is so huge for this team because they can't just key on Shannon now or if he gets off to a slow start or something like that, he's got somebody else to rely on. But Shannon is, is also just playing at an unbelievable level. This was the Damask game for sure, but Shannon just quietly dropping 33 points <laughs> and matching Damask is so crazy he's just he works so hard on both ends of the floor he's so much fun to watch he's so much better than last year too i didn't even think like that was possible but he's so much better he's shooting like 45 percent from three somebody had him number 12 in their mock draft today Um, tsj yes yeah i can't remember who it was i'll have to find it but he's shooting up draft boards because the the you feedback that he threes. got was, well, you got to shoot better. Yeah. He's showing he can shoot better, that he can go both ways. He is a freight train coming down the lane. You see guys just move out of his way, basically. There's nothing you can do to stop him now. He should be a first-team All-American. Hopefully he can he can keep it up and not get <laughs> tired out because he just works so hard every freaking game. That pissed me off about the Rutgers game, by the way. We were up by like 20 points, and Shannon was still out there, and all our starters were still out there. I was like, what are we doing? But, yeah, the FAU game was was so much fun to get a marquee win. Back-to-back years in the Garden. Uh, last year, it was the Matthew-John Mayer-Meyer uh, game against Texas, and, and this, got, this time around, it was Damask stepping up, uh in front of the new york crowd so that was a lot of fun to watch um i thought on the side too uh you know the role players like you talked about i thought harman had like his best game for sure he still kind of does some like dumb dumb things on defense sometimes and just like forgets where he's supposed to be but he had 10 points which was a season high for him so if he can start to figure out what his role is too, and if he can just like bring that energy and then knock down some open shots, that's, that's a huge difference maker. Cause if you have Harmon and Goody, you know, on the outside and then plus Damask and Shannon, that's, that's a lot of shooters to have to worry about. Um, but I think the impressive thing is too, that we're not the last two games. We haven't relied on the three point shooting, you know, we haven't, like, Shannon hasn't had to go 8 out of 9 for us to win. We're doing most of the damage in the paint, uh, which is really cool. I do have to talk about Hawkins as the, the number one Coleman Hawkins hater. His defense is really good. That's true. Because our, our team is just very different when he's off the floor, unfortunately. But why is he doing the pump fake thing again?
0: He must not feel conf- he must not feel confident in a shot right now.
1: It's so it's so painful to watch. He had one play where he pump fake like four different times, and then he does that spin dribble, and it's almost an automatic turnover when he does that. I mean, Brad was saying too at, uh, in the early games too. He's like, "Yeah, we're telling Coleman to just shoot the ball more, shoot the ball." Yeah. And I thought he was doing that more at the start of the season. But now he's just regressed again, to just pump faking other teams to death, and it's it's it just ruins the offense. It really does. Like everyone just stands there, you know, nothing happens, and and they they just gotta get him out of that. I don't know if he like they're just asking him to do too much. Hopefully, you know, with the emergence of Damask, like Hawkins doesn't have to be the key you know, facilitator at the top of the key. I just, I want to take, like, some of the offense off of his plate. Because every, like, good things don't tend to happen when the ball goes into his hands. But he did hit a clutch three uh, towards the end of that FAU game, which was absolutely huge, actually, when FAU was was coming back on us. That was kind of like the dagger. So... Credit to him for for stepping up and hitting that shot. That was huge, but I just I would rather him shoot the ball just in rhythm, because he's not that bad of a shooter, but he's either gotta just catch it and pass it or catch it and shoot it. Stop dribbling. Stop with the pump fakes. Kills me.
0: He he only had one. The crazy thing is, I felt kind of that way too. But he only had one turnover against FAU. The only person who had a lot of turnovers against FAU was uh, TSJ. He had four, but he's such a high usage player, and like honestly, if he turns the ball over even three or four times a game, it's usually not gonna not gonna matter if he's if he's playing well. Yeah, he well. always
1: gets stripped. When, yeah, you know, a couple times a game, like when he's driving, you yeah. know, somebody always just knocks it off, and he goes off of his leg, you know, and out of bounds. Yeah, it seems to happen to him a, a couple times, but that's just because he's yeah always forcing the issue. Uh, also, we made our free throws. That's two games in, in a row. Game. Making free throws. I mean, it's nice when when Shannon and, and Damask and uh, and who else? Harmon, uh, even Hawkins too. When those guys are all shooting your free throws, it's amazing how how much your percentage goes up. I still I still can't believe teams just don't foul Dane. Like every time he's on the court.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm not like too terribly worried about the free throws and the three pointers because I do think with the older guys, the right guys will shoot. I think Gary Ayers is like a good three point shooter. He clearly had a, a wrist injury. Um, Coleman Hawkins, it'll probably take him a second to get a shot back. But to your point, like, I'm going to talk about some of the Java men don't believe in it, but I'm going to talk about the clutch gene in a moment, why, why I feel. There's some guys on this team that that have it. We've got guys who don't believe in the clutch gene who grew up watching Michael Jordan in Chicago. It's shocking to me um, that they don't <laughs> that they don't believe in that. Um, but I digress. It's it's the guy the right guys are like. That's why when everyone was freaking out at the beginning of the year, like can't make free throws, we can't shoot. Granted, I was getting a little bit nervous about the free throws, but the three pointers. It's like we have four guys that are good at three point shooter, like that are good. Um, Hawkins, you know, compared to the other centers, he I'd say he's a pretty good one. I think eventually by the end of the year, he'll have a good three-point shooting percentage. And then TS TSJ, Marcus, uh, and Luke are all really, really, really good three-point shooters. Like Marcus, can he's a very good shooter. He just hasn't shot well the start of the year. But the dude was a lights-out shooter at SIU. And so like those three guys, honestly, like I don't think we need more than that. There's only five guys on the court. And if... Hawkins will have a couple games where he gets going. That's that's four guys that are that are lights out shooter it's from three. If those are the guys that are shooting the threes, and then mixing even like mixing Garrier a little bit, that's that's going to be a a solid, not a great three point shooting team, but a solid one. And that's all we need with how we rebound. And then with the free throws, like most of these guys are, I don't know what Garrier's career is with free throws. But if 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 Dane's not playing a lot, that solves half the problem because it's him and Ty. Yeah,
1: A Yeah, it's. I couldn't figure out the free throw thing with him either, because I actually wrote this down too. At at the I remember recording after the Kansas game, and I talked about it. Garrier was eight of ten at the free throw line in that Kansas game. And like that's when I fell in love with him because of because of the free throw shooting, and then I I looked the other day at, at what his free throw shooting is for this season. Because so I'm like, it feels like he's he's missed a lot of them. And then I realized the Kansas game obviously doesn't count when you're looking at the, like the stats on the season. It counts to me, but it doesn't count in the stat book. And he was. I think uh, after the Rutgers game he was 4 out of 11 on the season on free throws.
0: I think he made a couple in the he's FAU He's 6 game. for th- I'm looking at it now. He's 6 he's 6 for 13 46% okay, yeah. on the year.
1: Yeah, cuz he made he was 2 out of 2 in the FAU game. So hopefully it will get better. Like he's just in a slump and he doesn't shoot a lot of them, so it just, you know, small sample size, but it'll it'll, you know, regress to the to the mean.
0: Shout out Jubes. But what were our two main concerns? It was it was the, the point guard, the turnovers, right? And then and then the shooting. Like it seems like the the co- they're listening to the coaches and the right guys are taking the shots and like that is a huge development for this team. We know they're gonna be a good defensive team. If the right guys are taking the shots and they become a a above average shooting team, they're gonna be really good.
1: Yeah, I think the issue was early on we seem overly reliant on the three-point shooting. Yeah, so that's right, Last too. year and at the start of this year, yep. too. It was like, well, if we don't make our threes, we basically have no chance of winning. And so not being reliant on the three has been really ha- just really nice to see the last two games. Damask provides that element, I think, too, where he is able to score at different levels. He's able to... You know, he, he plays at such good pace, too. He just seems like he's always under control, always on balance. He looked like Kobe Bryant a couple times with some of those, like, fadeaway little jumpers in the lane. Um, we, we talked about MJ and Kobe on this podcast already. But, yeah, it's 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 just... We have to have more flow to the offense. That's what we were clamoring about last year. There's just no flow whatsoever. There's no movement. It's just standing around and basically you know, trying to make one-on-one plays and shooting threes. So the hope is, and we've seen a little bit of it, that these veteran guys actually just understand how to move without the ball and how to find each other. So, uh, So these were two huge wins, I thought. To, to start off like you know the meaty part of the season. I would have loved to beat Marquette, of course. Um but Marquette is really really good,
0: although they did lose to the Badgers uh in Madison. The Badgers might be legit. I think the Badgers might be pretty good. I mean, they've got Stores playing really well for them. Um that'll be a different podcast. Yeah. Day. I that's, Castaway. Yeah, Castaway. He that's interesting. Get the music lags. <laughs> yeah, I think it, here's two two things I noticed is there were the the announcers were what Billis and uh, who's the play-by-play guy they used to do Sunday Night uh, Baseball Schulman Shulman, Shulman. he yeah, they, there Shulman. were two like Collins Sunday Night Football Collinsworth orgasmic moments the first one was the first one was when <laughs> first one was when Terry Shannon shot out of a cannon. Down the court, crossed over half court on the left side, like going to the left side, and just dunked it. And Schulman's like, "That clip was going on." Shannon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, "Oh, I was in a hotel." I was like, "Oh my god." Uh, and yeah, then, it took him three dribbles <laughs> to get down the
1: entire length of the court. That was such a sick play.
0: Yeah, and then you had, uh, and then every, t- and then one, <laughs> once Marcus was doing all his YMCA moves, like he had that slurry where he like made like seven in a row, and it was like a a, a booty ball, like up it, you know, up and over, making a guy pump fake, fadeaway shot, a three, like every like every shot you can think of, and and Bill's just like. Oh, I just love this guy. Like he's the guy in the '40s, and just—he's just, he's just dro- like drooling. Like, just co- not quite Collinsworth worthy, but he was like, like guys who played basketball in the '70s and '80s. Like, can't get enough of someone like Marcus.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's clear the mask is going to join, uh, you know, the goody groupies in Central and Southern Illinois. They're—I think they're think they're just drooling over the mask right now yeah he was already a fan favorite just being a saluki all right uh i think that's good on the fau game let's get into one of our favorite segments we name our captain of the ship of the week and we also name who is going to be walking the plank so joe you want to go first who is your
0: captain this week yeah man this is tough this is really tough it, it, it's kind of like he's dealing with like the, the what the lebron's syndrome when he wasn't getting mvps like they felt like they had to move the mvp around this is why terrence shannon's not getting captain of the ship because they got to give it to marcus um because he just i mean he's just incredible like he took took control in the rutgers game and then he you know it's just one for the ages Um, and it's just how he did it to your point. Like TSJ don't, I'm I'm not taking anything away from him. He's incredible. And he's just a bucket, a pure scorer at this, at this point of his career, but he had a ton of free throws. And that's part of why he's going to score average 20 to 21 a game is because he's going to constantly beat the free throw line. But to your point, Marcus did it. He did it without, um, shooting any free throws. Like, it's it's inc- it's incredible. I just want to read this line because it's I was I have I've read it like a hundred times, this stat line. Thirty-three points, six rebounds, three assists, fifteen for twenty-one. This is not Kofi Coburn. This is Marcus <laughs> Domasque. Two for six from three. Like you could argue like he didn't even shoot that well from three, right? If he was three for six, it would have been a different story. One for one from free throws, thirty-seven minutes. Three fouls, one turnover. He had one turnover, and he had the ball a ton.
1: Yeah, he deserves it. He's the captain this week. That was like um, the John Paddock game against Indiana. You know, yeah, just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, and 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 really saved us in that game. And it was just was just so much fun to watch you know that's it was just pure entertainment so he definitely deserves to be captain uh this week on the flip side who are you making walk
0: the plank <laughs> this is tough i i, I don't I, he's an easy target so i'm going to let you get after him i think i know who you're going to pick uh, you
1: never know who I'm
0: gonna pick. Yeah, actually, you know what? You do. Are you are you gonna do something out out of the box? Like <laughs> I you, might have
1: something. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, then I'm gonna do the obvious choice. I I was a big defender of this guy last year, and he's just he's making me a little nervous with his development. But I'm gonna go Dane Danger, the dancing bear, the dancing the dancing bear. He he did did not. It's just very obvious when he's in the game and on on defense, not in a good way. I think they can do a better job of getting them the ball on offense because I think A, pass it to him when he has position down low. Do not pass it to him at the top of the key, because then he'll dribble and that's an issue. So it's very clear what his issues are, but I don't know you know, I don't I don't want to beat up on the guy. It was such a good good couple of games. Um I I just hope he continues to recognize his stuff and get better. And I think he'll be a, a good player long term for Illinois. Yeah.
1: I agree. That we just aren't seeing the improvement that we all kind of wanted to see but we'll see how it goes uh for the rest of the season for my plank i've got to throw jeff goodman (laughs) out on the plank i don't know if you watched the uh the post game that he did at the garden uh after the after the two games that were played there on his uh, field of 68, I think it's called, platform. This guy gets on there, and he's just, like, so full of himself now. I used to like him, too, and now that he's got, like, a bigger platform and he's on camera all the time, he just thinks he's real hot shit. (laughs) I don't know why, but after the game, he, he gave Illinois basically no credit for the win at all. He basically just blamed it on... Well, it was a really bad matchup for FAU. You know, they just—it was just a bad matchup for them. Didn't really give any credit. You know, he—he he kind of applauded Damask for for having a great game, but then he goes and also says, "Well, yeah, Damask was great, but it was only one game." He switched. we need to see more. We need to see more consistency. And then, <clears throat> um, what the hell's that other guy's name? John. uh...
0: Fanta, you know what I'm talking about? He uh, Is he on the that, that network too?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about.
1: And he was like, well, so who's the, you know, besides Purdue, who's who's the next best team in the Big Ten? And they're like, he's like, it, it seems like Illinois, right? He's like, no, no, he's, you know, it, it was only one game. We need to see a lot more. Uh, to say that Illinois is, is the second or even third best team in the Big Ten. And I'm like, what what has this guy been watching? And you don't even have to give credit to Illinois, but look around the Big Ten. Everyone is losing by games, you know, and, and getting blown out in the crossover games and stuff. We played Marquette really tough in our only loss, and we just kicked the crap out of Rutgers and... Basically, we're, we're leading the entire game against FAU, and he just didn't want to give us any credit at all, which I thought was really bizarre. So I'm throwing him on the plank, and I do have one other uh, special plank. Uh, this is like a future plank, but I'm I'm myself. I'm putting myself on a future plank, Joe.
0: I'm intrigued.
1: Big announcement here. I will be attending the Rose Bowl game. In Pasadena, wow! For Michigan versus Bama. Uh, I got invited through family friends that are big Michigan men.
0: Oh no, shaps!
1: Yes, this is why I'm I'm future planking myself here, is because I'm going to be around a lot of Michigan people most likely. I don't know where my seats are. Because we did buy seats, like, separately. Um, So my hope is that I'm sitting around Alabama fans, so then I can, you know, roll tide with them. Maybe I can get me one of those, like, pom-poms that they're always shaking. Because it would really suck to have to sit around Michigan fans and pretend like I'm rooting for Michigan, even though I won't be but I have to kind of put the smile on my face because I was invited to, like, a big-wig Michigan tailgate and uh, we're staying at a Michigan hotel. So I'm excited for the trip. I hope the game is awesome, um, I, and I hope Bama wins. But I do want to see a good game. I haven't been out there since uh, 2007, 2008
0: Rose Bowl for the Illini. Um, so wow.
1: So it's be... Rose Bowl number two, I wish the Illini were playing in it. I was thinking back, the last time I went, I think I had a flip phone. So basically, like, very little uh, documentation of my trip to the Rose Bowl when Illinois was in it. And now I'll have an iPhone, so I'll have way more pictures to take. But, sadly, Illinois won't be playing in it. I'll have to watch Michigan. I hope they don't win. I hope the cult doesn't, like, try to drug me or, like, you know, take me in. Like, come with us. Come with us. Join us. Yes, Michigan versus the world. We're such victims. So hopefully nothing weird happens like that and I don't come back, you know, a Michigan man. That's why I'm on the the future plank, though, because I am a little worried.
0: All right. Just just buy a buy a Roll Tide jersey, you'll be fine. But Prentis not going to be happy about this. But I know it's all right. At least you admitted it. Um, it's on. It's in the airwaves. Boy. It's out there. So I'm proud of you for doing that. <laughs> but I have a. Yeah. I I want to get to real quick, kind of a, a, a recap before we start previewing the Tennessee game. The Tennessee game is a huge opportunity for Illinois. We haven't. This is crazy. I just did this quick, quickly. Illinois, Brad Underwood in his first 10 games of every season has started. Guess. And one, two, three, four, five, six, five of the six seasons. He's had the same record to start the first 10 games. Guess that record.
1: For the first 10 games of each season.
0: Yeah. What's well, been his record. It's the same one for six of the seven years.
1: First ten games, so it's mostly gonna be cupcakes, and then like a couple tough ones. Um,
0: it's gotta be seven and three. Chaps, impressive. Seven, really? seven and three, <laughs> and that 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 comes with a, a bragging rights loss the last three years, right? Yeah, I wasn't.
1: I was debating. I was like, I don't know if bragging rights falls into the first ten or not.
0: Brad started scheduling harder earlier in the year, um, when IO starting when IO got here. Like maybe IO's second year, we we started playing in right. some of these bigger games. But I this it's hard to remember a, but a harder that. schedule. It's hard to man- imagine a, a harder schedule than this one. Um, may, may I mean you could potentially make the argument last year because of they put the t- tough teams they played in Vegas, but it he's gonna go if we if we beat Tennessee that'll be nine because we played a. Uh, cupcake. After that, for the most part, that'll be a nine and one to start. Either eight and two or nine and one. It'll be the best start in Brad Underwood's uh, tenure, which is a good. Which I think is a good sign.
1: Yeah, yeah. With with the harder and harder schedules too. That's really impressive. It shows the growth of the program over the past few years. Um, but yes, that that's a good segue though. Because speaking of hard schedules, Tennessee, who we've got next is. Has had a really, really hard schedule. Um, they lost three games in a row. They're only five and three is their record. They lost three games in a row, but who'd they lose to? Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina. Boom, boom, boom. Wow. So they've had a, a brutal stretch, and and they didn't win any of them. So uh, they did beat Wisconsin earlier in the season. So, despite their 5-3 and three record, though, they're number 9 in Kenpom. If you just look at the Kenpom list, like, nobody else in that area has, you know, losses like they do. Um, but their their defense is, to quote Brad, elite. It's number 2 uh, in Kenpom for defense. So, it's going to be a real tough battle, uh... On Saturday, two two really really good. I think top. T- I think we're in the top ten. We are uh, Ken kind of for defense. <clears throat> yep. So yeah, two two really really good defenses battling on Saturday morning. I expect probably a pretty slow start considering it's an 11 a.m. tip. Um. Dalton Connect. Dalton Connect is the main guy for Tennessee. He's gonna be an awesome matchup with with shannon um you know they're like similar size similar games he can really shoot the ball so that's going to be a really fun matchup he's scoring 19 points a game what shannon's probably at 20 points a game right
0: yep it's shannon's over over 20 a game now Dude, they won at tennessee won at the cheese their second game of the year I, i misheard you if you said that already that's yeah, man I think they're yeah getting, that's been that's their best good, win yeah that's yeah. good this is gonna be good we're gonna be like a if we're guessing the lines I'm gonna say we're gonna be about a four and a half point underdog
1: yeah I think that's pretty fair in their house which seems like a tough place to play from like the few games that I've that I've seen there um, we'll be interesting to see what the crowd is like you know on a Saturday morning. Um, but they're a really, really tough team. They will, they will pressure the ball. They'll be in our faces. They've got that little tiny point guard. Um, what the hell's his name? Ziegler. Yeah, Zakai Ziegler. He's only five foot nine, so we'll have the advantage again. Like in the in the guards, uh, you know. I'm I'm hoping that Damas can really back him down. That Ty Rogers can back him down uh, on the defensive end. But he's just so quick. He's going to turn us over. He's going to try to get in, you know, on, on Ty Rogers a lot. So we've got to take care of the ball against them. They don't have a lot of size either, you know, kind of like FAU, they have one big guy at six eleven, and then everyone else is pretty small. So
0: I like hearing that.
1: Yeah. So like, I think we'll have the advantage there again. Um, it's, it's just going to come down to limiting the turnovers because that's where what they thrive off of is on their defensive end. You know, they're just okay on the offensive end, but they're, they're really, really, really good on defense. So uh, they're going to pressure and then they're going to try to get out and run because they've got some athletic guys as well. So should be a really fun matchup and it'll be a big challenge uh, for Brad's boys. What are you looking forward
0: to in this game? Well, that Saturday is just a great overall day for me. Um, for those of you who don't know, it is my birthday on Saturday, December 9th. I will be uh, That's right. 32 years old. and Liar. <laughs> and it's also my anniversary, wedding anniversary on December 10th. Shout out to the Wheelers who came to that party. That was a fun, fun evening, day and evening. And then it's also uh, you know Christmas time. So... Oh, first off, happy Hanukkah, Shaps. Meant to say it. I all, was waiting for that. I meant meant to, yeah. meant to say that out of the gates. My apologies. <laughs> um, the flu game got to me, but I. Uh, so it's I, okay. I just. I yeah.
1: Thank you. Selfishly thinking of
0: my own holiday, I just thought I just thought of yours. So happy Hanukkah! Hope you get yep. festive the next couple of days. Got uh, the first candle tonight. There you go. There you go. Um, so anyway, so so it's a big day because we've got a. Anyways, we got a, a sitter, so I, I'm essentially watching the game, drinking mimosas, and then going yes. out for kind of the day, um, bouncing around town. Um, so it'll be a nice uh, Saturday, d- you know, day party for Lori and I. Um, so hopefully it's it'll be in a better festive mood with the Illini beating Tennessee, um, and have nice nice early Christmas and a great Hanukkah present for us. Yeah, they
1: got a win for you for your birthday. I don't want you to be down on your birthday. Nobody likes a sloppy Joe. You know, everyone wants to be a happy Joe.
0: Are you going to have some DayQuil,
1: like, in your mimosa, you think? Or...
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm like, I was a little bit bummed, because I wasn't feeling well, because I was like, man, I this is a bit, Saturday is a big day. I'm really looking forward to it, so <laughs> either way, I
1: think I'll be all right. Yeah, that's going to be a fun day. Not, yeah, I was going to give you the birthday shout-out uh, as well here, so... That's gonna be uh, a fun weekend for you, and hopefully the boys can get another big win on the road in the SEC in Knoxville. Um, that'll be a lot of fun to watch, leading into the uh, Army Navy football game as well. I'll I will be betting the under, of course. Yep. What is it at, like
0: twenty five? Go Army! Shout out! Shout out to my step. Brother Elliot, who's a captain, Army Ranger, who's overseas right now. Shout out to him. Go Army.
1: I love that. Yeah, my brother-in-law, Joe, as well, uh, in the Army. I just saw him last weekend, actually, and now he's heading off to, coincidentally, Tennessee is where he's going to be stationed for a little while, and then he's getting shipped out to, uh, to Germany, I think, or no, Poland. Yeah, Poland. He's got to go for nine months. He's going to be in Poland. That'll be his longest uh, stint overseas. So shout out, Joe. Go Army. uh, But don't score too many points. All right. Anything else,
0: Joe, that we might have missed? It's a big, big game. We covered that. I think even cooler will probably be up to 15-ish, maybe top 15, going into the Bragging Rights game. That'd be pretty cool.
1: Yes, I know we'll we'll ho- hopefully we'll get a show in before uh, before Bragging Rights to uh, recap Tennessee and lead us into that because I know we're going to have uh, some Java men in attendance at the Bragging Rights, so we're looking forward to that as well. But uh, but yeah, this is a great stretch. For Illini basketball leading into the holidays and into the new year. Hopefully we can keep this momentum going. So, all right, that's it for us. Joe, thanks for joining me for battling and uh, we'll talk to you next time.
0: ILL. I&I. Here, it's time to walk the plank.